And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. I'm here, and today we have Pip. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> was you can definitely tell I've done this before. Hey? That was a terrific introduction. Thank you. That I watched was. The Office last night, so I feel like it, it's just kind of accidentally slipped out. Oh well, Pip, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. You are a dear friend of ours and an absolute legend, and we love chatting with you and working with you. And I'm really excited for. What's going to happen today? It's going to be good. Um, but before we get into anything, mm. we need to ask you some very quick questions. Mm. Um, this might be five. the most important section. Potentially. 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 <laughs> Could be. And this surface doesn't make me nervous level, at all. Cool. Surface level it. really so quick five. questions. It's great. <laughs> Got to answer as quick as you can. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Tea or coffee? Both. Oh. Okay. All the time. All right. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Okay. Washing up or drying up? Dishwasher. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Good <second> answer. <laughs> All right. Here's one. Last meal ordered on Uber Eats? Uh, last oh. night was uh, gnocchi with like cream sauce and chicken and mushroom and it was... Whoa. Amazing. That's a and the knocking was like the size of half a potato. That was so good. All right. And last question. What was the last greatest TV show or movie you watched? Oh, well, I was watching The Office last night, so that like, that was pretty great. But um, mm-hmm. I've been like binging on New Girl because we just spent three days in ISO. Um, and, you know, so, so much TV to be watched. So we're in the midst of that. Um... I love yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy as long as it's funny. Mm. Pip, you're wonderful and we want to learn more about you. So would you tell us, um, what, what do you do? What's your thing um, and how, like I know that sounds really vague, but like there are so many art forms. So I guess what's your art form and how did you get to where you are now, um, if that makes sense? Yeah, cool. Um, so I am living, breathing dance for like 20 years now, which is a long time. Um, I am a full-time studio dance teacher um, with a wonderful bunch of lunatic children that I love dearly. Um, and I, this is all I do. Like I go to a lot of youth camps and stuff with you guys and um, I've often had people be like, so what do you like do during, you know, when you're not here? And I was like this. Like, this is what I do. I, I teach kids and I yell at people to point their feet and I do more dancing. Like, this is all I do. Um, and unfortunately, I'm one of those people that it's also, like, my entire Instagram feed is all ballet and it's all dancing. And, yeah, so I'm unfortunately one-dimensional, but I feel like that one dimension is very deep. Mm. I don't know if that is a thing that you can be, but... Um, yeah, and I am incredibly privileged to do what I do and I love what I do in every form that it's ever taken. I think the most ridiculous one it ever took was 
I got roped into performing a tap dance. I'm not a tap dancer at all. Um, performing a tap dance in a competitive Irish dance like festival, and it was <laughs> just just bizarre. Um, I've done yeah. that as well, actually. Yeah, see, it's yeah. like it's a rite of passage for a lot of people. So you know. <laughs> yeah. that's very cool. So. When did you start dancing? Like, so just as a child, you were just been dancing since forever and grew up, I guess, going to the studio and everything? Yeah, I'm one of those, like, have have done it for forever. Um, my favourite line now is when kids get sassy with me and they're like, but are you sure? And I'm like, I've literally been doing this for longer than you've been alive. Um, which <laughs> which is line. my... That's my go-to um, yep. these days. And it, But it feels less good the older I get because I'm like, I'm so old now. Um, but yes, I started when I was like four, um, and I'm 25 now. So, um, like probably 16 years of like studio training. Um, and I think I'm into like seven years of teaching now. Um, yeah, but it all kind of just, just blended into one. Like I never really left the big empty space of the studio. So it all feels continuous. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now, can you forgive my ignorance? If I come across ignorant at all in the next half an hour, which I probably will, but go nuts, uh, Dan. In in that said history, is there like study involved in dance? Yeah, um, good question, and it's not an ignorant question because okay. Um, so I, I did a bachelor of fine arts in dance um, at mm-hmm. QUT in Brisbane, um, and which is massive, massive part of my Jesus story as well. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's a three-year, like, bachelor's degree. And then uh, in my fourth year, I did an optional honours project, like a research project. Um, But usually, most of the time, when you say to somebody, like, oh, I have a Bachelor of Dance, they're like, what? (laughs) Didn't realise that was a thing you could do. And, like, there there were times in my degree I was like, I can't believe I'm getting a degree to do this. In the, like, I really enjoy this and it's so amazing way, but also in the, like... Like, we had meditation as part of a subject. Mm. So and, like, all you had to do was turn up and close your eyes. So, that's great. Like, that was a pretty great uni subject, I'm not going to lie. But I also, like, just had the best time. Like, it, it, I learned so much. Um, so that was kind of, like, my, my proper, like, official training. Um, but I'm also a teacher with the Royal Academy of Dance. So it's, like, an internationally recognised organisation. And insert self-plug here um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so like there's a bunch of accreditation and stuff that you can do depending on what you teach and where awesome and i guess on the kind of other side of this podcast we have like the creative stuff and then like the jesus stuff so tell us um how long have you been or like what's your connection with the salvos i guess mm. in one sentence? yeah um so i when i was growing up i was like what i referred to as like a fifo christian um, which is a big term in Queensland. It means fly in, fly out. And usually it was, is in regards to people who like work in mines. But we were kind of like, my family were like fly in, fly out Anglicans. Um, so I think like I say that as a joke, but like my parents' faith, I think, has been very solid for a long time. It was just that church was not something that we did um, mm. regularly. Anyway, so I got, I moved to Brisbane at the end of school um, and made good friends with a girl there. And she was like, hey, do you want to come to church? And she is a long life salvo. Um, 
and was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's been a while. Um, so I went to North Brisbane Salvos and I just didn't leave. <laughs> um, people were kind of like, I have found like in most of my Jesus journey, I'm not one of those like smash bang wallop. I had this great big moment people, um, mm-hmm. Things just kind of happen, and I don't realise they're happening until I'm, like, halfway through and I look back and I'm like, oh, that's, that's happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't really have kind of like a, I don't know, that, that's the, f- the moment that I, I tell people that I became an active Christian. Yeah. Like, I yeah. always believed in God, but the God that I believed in was not necessarily the God that I know now. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. very much, like, lightning and thunder and you know, wrath and like that kind of God that I was afraid of rather than the God that I fear now, Mm. Um, which is a very confusing statement to make, but that's kind of the best way to explain it. Yeah. I'm with you. It's biblical. Fear God. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really cool. I'm learning things already. It's exciting. I love hearing Mm. this. Um, I would love to hear, I guess, um, Something you just you touched on. Um, it sounds like when you went to uni um, and moved to Brisbane, there seems to be a real uh, turning point in, I guess, I assume your dance um, journey as well as your faith journey. And you kind of hinted at there was something there. So I want to jump straight in if it's okay and be like, what was that? What happened at uni for you? Like, what happened at uni? Um, like, so many things. Um, I, feel, I feel like it's everybody's time where, like, everything falls to pieces and falls together and falls to pieces again. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I, I loved. Um, and I, I refer to those as my, like, formative years, even though I was, like, 20 by the time it was all over. Um, yeah, so there was a few kind of, like, touch points, I suppose, that other things I look back and go like Jesus just like kind of hit me in the face with awesome stuff. Um, probably the, one of the biggest ones is that, um, I think it was halfway through my second year. Um, my best friend had an epiphany in front of me. Like when I say epiphany, I mean it in the most spiritual sense. Um, so I was like brand new to the whole like Christianity and Jesus and all that sort of stuff in the way that I know it now. And we were having burritos at GYG um, after we'd seen Inside Out, which if you've seen it, you know that brings all the feels mm, and all yes. of the like yeah. self-reflection and all that kind of stuff. So Jesus Emotions very much are toyed like, with I'm going to use that, that as a vehicle to like blow this girl's mind up. Um, and we were just talking about it and whatever, and she was very much into like um, astrology and um, lots of that like fate and all this kind of different stuff. Um, and all I can remember about the conversation is that she was talking about that. And I said, is it possible that all these things that you, you see, um, as part of the universe or whatever is actually just God with a bunch of different names over the top? Um, I can only remember that by the grace of God. Cause I cannot remember anything else from that conversation. <laughs> I remember, I remember the look on her face. Cause it was like when a small child is under a blanket and you like rip the blanket off and their hair like flies everywhere and they look shocked and like it was that kind of feeling and I was like what is going on like this is weird like we're in the middle of South Bank in Brisbane with burritos and like it was just the most obscene and awesome experience of my life um and I'm I'm grateful for that in a million different ways um but I think the primary one was just 
at that point in my life, I knew nothing about Jesus. Like, comparatively, nothing. Had never read a full book of the Bible, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, God let me do this and I don't know anything. Like, um, which I think, if I'm honest with myself, has probably been a continuous theme of <laughs> the various ministries and awesome things that I've got to do. Um, yeah, so that, that was awesome. Um, and I was actually thinking last night about, I, like, probably three weeks before that, had just recovered from an injury. Um, and it was, it was bad and no one knew what it was. That was kind of the part that made it, like, really bad. I landed a dodgy jump at the start of semester and was out for, like, seven weeks. Um, and when it's uni, you get marked on whether or not, like, you do stuff in class and I couldn't do anything. Um, and then... I think a couple of weeks before assessment, I got, like, smashed in church one day, in the good way. Um, <laughs> good I'm a big smash. fan of those, like, violent God analogies. I don't know, I don't know why. Um, I think that's because how it feels to me. But um, I got well and truly hit with, um, yes, I have always primarily in my life identified myself as a dancer. And that's okay, because I know that comes from God, but actually... Um, in that moment, I was convicted of the fact that I wasn't primarily identifying as a Christian, mm. like as a Jesus follower, and that mm. was more important because I was like, this is going to end my like career and everything that I mm. know, and I, don't, I can't do anything else, and like, what am I going to do? And, like, and kind of just had that, I hate using all these like Christianese words, but like I had that moment of surrender where I was like, I don't know what you're going to do, but all right, like, I don't have anything else left. So here we are. Um, yeah. So that was like, that was a pretty, pretty intense moment in my life. Um, and of course healed the next week, sat all my assessments, got through, no worries. Like Jesus just doing the sneakies on me. Um, yeah. So that was, that was pretty, that was a pretty big turning point just in terms of understanding where my art form like and you guys know this because like when you get consumed by art you get consumed like submerged and you know there's no kind of <laughs> other things that you think about um unless yeah. you guys are more interesting than I am which is likely um but when you get so submerged in it it's it's hard to factor in stuff like Jesus and it's and that's the problem like you shouldn't be factoring it in you should be starting with Jesus and going okay here's all this other stuff you know, that he's given me. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. No, that makes, makes perfect sense. sense. And something we've touched on in this podcast before, like priorities of what comes first, uh, the art form actually doesn't come first. Jesus comes first. And it actually makes your art form better when Jesus comes first. Yeah. So it's like, you know, people are like, you got to practice 12 hours a day and concentrate on that. Like, yes, but... If you're yeah. first focusing on Jesus, that practice actually starts to make sense in the practical as well. So, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I – that is all awesome, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I think, like, I, I associate with the desperation side of things as well. I think God meets you when you're most desperate as well. And I think that that yeah. really plays into the story you just said. But mm. can, can I go super back and go to the possible ignorant thing – but are you, can you kind of, I know that dance, so in the Salvation Army, music is very 
forefront as far as creative arts is concerned and me and shush always harp on this we don't want people to just associate creative arts with music there is so much out there and dance is one massive realm of that can you kind of touch on like what what worship dance kind of is to the layman because i know that there would be people that would sit there and see someone dance and go uh what is this like how is this even worship you know what i mean like can you kind of this is a really broad question but can you kind of touch on that like from your opinion like yeah because you i think you'll have a very very valuable opinion (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't place too much value on it just yet. We'll see how it finishes. Um, yeah, that's that's a seriously awesome question, and I wish more people asked. I, I wish more people who think themselves ignorant would ask, because showing that you ask the question, like asking the question means that you're not ignorant. It means that you seek to understand rather than just being like, mm, it's not music, bye. Like, because mm, yep. that... Yeah, I think that's worse in, in many, many ways. And I know that, that dance is not the only art form that suffers is probably a strong word, but suffers in that way um, mm. of, yeah. you know, lack of knowledge or whatever. Um, we're just kind of fortunate enough that people have started, I think, to realise significance and realise that there's stuff there that they don't understand, but it's actually good things. Um, for me, uh, worship dance is basically improvisation like that's what it looks like um Mm. in its most kind of simple stripped down form it started for me as a like i'm a dancer like if there's music on i'm i'm moving consciously subconsciously enormously like very very small you know it's just happening so i think when it started to happen i didn't really notice it at all because i was just kind of swaying a bit more vigorously than everyone else or like you know my step touch was just a little bit more like (laughs) enthusiastic or you know like whatever um and it started becoming like a thing where um you know because you only had space of your chair um it was kind of like trying to dance in a phone box but smaller um which I was fine with I was like that's cool I you know um was really enjoying exploring just that really small space of worship and that, that was cool for me. Um, and thankfully I had friends who didn't freak out and like leap three meters to the left and right, um, <laughs> which was cool. They were like, that's really awesome that you, that that's how your worship comes out. Cause I suppose, um, if you're not a dancer, it's kind of, it looks really weird, right? Mm. Like I, I should preface it with that. It looks incredibly weird and intimidating if you don't understand what's going on, which is why I think I was so nervous and so hesitant in making it anything more than that, because I am incredibly conscious of everybody else's worship experience. Like I've been in a lot of places where, um, where people have acted in ways or, you know, had moves of the spirit or whatever that I didn't understand and that was a really negative experience for me. Like, it's really, you know, when people start speaking in tongues or when people start laughing in the spirit or, like, doing all these really weird things, it's kind of off-putting. And I didn't want to mm. be that. Like, I, I didn't want to break someone else's worship. It's like when, you know, when, um, like, you're deep in the, in the moment and somebody shuffles past you because they have to go to the toilet and you're like, yeah. oh, like, you broke my bubble. Killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was, I was really conscious that I didn't want to be that. 
Um, but in true, like, Jesus style, there was one, like, this was happening for, you know, three, four, five months to in sort of my third year of uni, um, and I kind of got the hand on the back feeling, and I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Um, yeah, and it just kind of kept happening for a couple of weeks, and I was like, okay. And unfortunately, the only available space in my church was at the front. Oh, man. In front of the mercy seat. And I was like, I can't even go up the back and, like, fluff about. Because, like, I'd done that before in other places. But I was like, yeah. oh, it just looks really, like, show pony-ish. And, you know, all this stuff that I was worried about, whatever. Um, anyway, fast forward. It happened. I was like, <laughs> I hope the pastors don't come and be like, that was really nice, but... Please never do it again. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a, it was kind of a weird experience. Um, yeah, Dan, does that help at all? Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's, I guess, like, yeah, it's just a freedom of expression. But do you think that it's it was harder for you because you were in a community that wasn't used to it? Like, is that? Cause like I like because I'm a music guy, right? Like I know we're talking yeah. about music, but I'm a music guy, and I know, I know that freedom feeling, and like I just have to do what I need to do. I get that. It's easier for me because it's seen as somewhat normal, right? Mm. Whereas mm. whereas for you, it wasn't deemed as normal as say other things. So. Uh, yeah, I guess like I I get the feeling behind it, but it's such an interesting one because the community doesn't recognise it the same way. Yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, that's what I heard in that. Like, um, mm. which is I guess really important to be able to try and place that like safe space for dancers to be able. Like, I don't want people to be sitting in the congregation that are still feeling the same that you were, but yeah. aren't doing it. Because how many people? would feel that but don't do it, you know? So Yeah. Anyway, that that's a whole I don't even know if I'm I'm just opening things more up, I think. But Yeah, Dan's yeah. very much getting very good at pushing all of my frustrated slash inspired slash I just want to do something about this buttons. Yes. Yeah. I wanna jump on that story you were telling Pete there about like the Jesus, you know, pushing it on the back and it was like the only space is down the front um and like well number one just honor you for being obedient mm. to that because mm -hmm. that's a like we all again we've said it but we all have those moments and we're like no jesus don't make me do it but like thanks for your obedience i guess how um since taking that step of being like all right here i go i'm doing my thing it's everyone's can see it how has that journey kind of since then been like have you grown more confident in spaces to do it how did the community react did they become more accustomed did they like become a bit more i guess dance literate and be like oh cool pip's doing her thing and did other people kind of who maybe have a dance passion i don't really know the congregation but like would they be able to like step up or increase in confidence because of what you did I guess I'm interested in the repercussions of what has happened since that step yeah I could go on seriously forever about this which nobody wants um but you pretty much just like summarized everything that happened because yeah, I was I was at North Brisbane for five years um and it was a long it was a long journey in a lot of ways um mm -hmm. And it still is because 
you know, you still find yourself in churches where even, like, raising your hands is not something that is normal, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, (laughs) busting a move in the middle of the service, not really something that you want to do. Um, And I think... Like, that thing I was talking about before where, you know, you don't want to jeopardise somebody else's worship experience is still something I'm really, really conscious of. So, like, if I walked into a what I would refer to as, like, a mega-traditional church, I would not do it because it would freak people out and it Mm. would, you know, encourage people to put up walls that I don't want to be there and that Jesus doesn't want to be there. So, like, Mm. I'm just not going to do that here and that's cool. Um, But I... it's. It's, it comes and goes in, like, phases. Like, that that exploratory phase, it was, like, pretty much every week. And it got to yeah. the point where I had to, like, think about what I was wearing to church just in case, you know, <laughs> a leg went flying up in the air and you don't want to, like, flash the congregation and all those fun things. Um, and, like, you have, you have to dress going, Spirit, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I'm just going to put these pants on in case. Um, <laughs> Worship-proof clothing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird space to be in. Um... Anyway, so, yeah, basically, like, from there, um, a bunch of people over probably six months or so came and spoke to me about it, and they would say, you know, um, that was really encouraging for me, or, like, I really love seeing you be so free in your worship, and there was, like, all these recurring words. It was always, like, free and joy and... um, which was hilarious to me because I was so worried <laughs> most of the yeah. time while I was doing it. And I was like, they see this incredible freedom. And I'm like, I hope this isn't too weird for anybody else. Like, <laughs> um, But also in worship at the same time. It's a weird mindset. Um, but obvi- like, thankfully, just got so much encouragement. Um, mm. Never had anybody say to me, what are you doing? Which I think actually would have been worse than please don't do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was a really safe space for me to explore that and, and it was validated like very much so um, by the leadership team and by the community and, and um, I, I especially had a lot of mothers um, or fathers come up to me and say, thank you so much for, for doing this in front of the kids um, yeah, because right. we, we mercifully had a, had a huge children's ministry at the time um, and it, I was kind of a bit self-conscious about it, but I was also like, actually, you know, knowing that so much of my life is, is doing stuff in front of young people and knowing the influence that that has, recognising the door that that was opening for, you know, these eight-year-old kids who... I think one of the most beautiful acts of worship dance I ever saw was by a kid who was, like, nine years old, I think, maybe... And she was standing up in the front row and she's just doing actions, like just making up her own actions to like my lighthouse or something like, you know, like a real chill mainstream song. But I was like, like that. And I could see like 20 people looking at her just like crying because it was, it was just like what I do looks really maybe like fancy and a bit, you know, difficult or like whatever. And, And that was the most pure and and one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because I was like mm. she's in it and she gets it yeah and that's all you got to do like it's not it's not about actually it's weird it's not about what you do because I've seen people who are not dancers in very heavy inverted inverted commas because I'm like everyone's a dancer you just got to let it out um 
but people who are not trained. Um, yeah. I've seen incredible worship dance from people like that. Mm. And I think in some respects, as much as I'm, I'm a big advocate for like, we want excellence in what we put before God and it is good to pursue your art form and all those sorts of things. I think it's actually sometimes more beautiful when it's an inexperienced but like desperately passionate person. Because, um, yeah, I've had the, the privilege to work with a lot of those people in camps and in, you know, worship stuff and and the the raw energy and the reckless abandon. Like, I was nervous and I had danced for like 15 years by this point I was nervous to do it in front of people and I have danced with people who have never done anything other than worship dance Mm. and I'm like man the the guts and the conviction and the the passion that it takes to let it out like that that's freedom like (laughs) yeah I look at them and I'm like that's freedom that is that is God doing cool cool things that's good because I the, the, the big thing I'm picking up from what you're talking about is like a lot of people are saying we need to provide a platform for dance, right? Like as like the quick fix. But we're not actually talking about a platform for dance because there's a difference between performance-based dance and like yeah. personal expression. Um, and like I guess I'm having my own epiphanies as you're talking because, I, I, again, ignorant. I don't know what's going on Do you on want me to send you a burrito? Yeah, 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 I'll have a burrito. It's really well, I've discovered. <laughs> but the focus here is freedom in congregation for people to actually feel like they can express themselves properly. Mm. Um, and I think that's really yep. powerful. Because I cannot I would, wholeheartedly agree with you enough. Yeah, because I, I, yeah. like, I would always... I guess default to that. Okay, dance needs the platform. Let's who can dance and let's put them on the platform. That's not really what this is at all. No. It's actually an express a worship expression that we need to be encouraging just in everyday life. Yeah. In and some not respect. to say, I like just to jump in, like not to say that performance based dance dance that needs a stage and you whatever. That's also valid. Yes, that is also yes, important yes. and has a place. But I guess these are two different things, right? We're yes. talking about. You can't it's not just all grouped into the same thing. We're not just like every time like if you have a dancer, they need a stage, they need a platform, they need a space. Mm. There's also another com- other components of dance that don't yes. need that. They just need a I guess permission giving, they need confidence, they need, you know, a space to do their thing, you know, and explore yeah. and figure out what that journey dancing with Jesus and for Jesus is like through as worship, yeah. you know? Yeah. That idea of permission in a congregational setting is like I I would write essays about it if I could let's be honest, be bothered to write essays. But like <laughs> it, it's like, I think initially when I started exploring this, I was like, I was angry because that's my first response to lots of things in life. Um, I was like, I was angry that there weren't more people like me. And I was angry that mm. that it hadn't been talked about before and that I felt like I was, you know, pushing and like brick walls and, you know, trying to make noise and nobody cared and like, you know, just chucked a classic like artistry tantrum. And... I think eventually that sort of morphed into not everybody is like me. Big surprise, big shock. Um, like not not everybody is 
is inclined to worship in this way and I think my greatest hope for the army and for the church as a whole is that when we do congregational worship there is the entire spectrum of mm. yeah everything because i'm like yeah, this this is uh, what heaven is like heaven's gonna yeah. be bonkers like <laughs> with you know the because i i think there is a place and and i value those people who don't sing because that's not how they connect to god maybe they yeah. pray instead like those people who stand really really still who to be honest kind of freak me out but i'm like that works for you <laughs> awesome <laughs> all the way through to people who are like touching the ceiling like you know, losing their minds and engaging with God in that real, like, visual, powerful, like, kinesthetic way. Yeah. And to have everywhere in between be validated. Mm. And I think if you look at the, if you look at, like, the denominations of the church, really we are hitting that, that um, spectrum. Like, it does exist, you know, like, a lot of the exploration I did was actually in, um, I was on holidays for like two months and I went to a Pentecostal church and I did a lot of exploring there because I was like, these people run around with flags. They're insane. This is my kind of crowd. Like, yeah. you know, so and it was a really great space for me to have to, um, to feel like nobody was judging me basically. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I see like I grew up in the Anglican church and we didn't even clap. Like, mm. so I know that it's all out there. I just, I think my hope is that if you are on this end of the scale and you find yourself in this kind of church, you're still valid. Mm. Your yes. worship is still yes. good there. You're, you know, and if you find yourself in a traditional church, but actually like you just get this urge to have a bit of a boogie in the middle of the service, like that that's valid too. Yeah. Which I know is so, so hard <laughs> yeah. for, for people to wrap their heads around and also to act upon is just so so hard yeah. um which i think is why i'm grateful for all the different kinds of churches and um sorry just before i forget shush i love when you talk about like the separation of not separation but the delineation between performance and and worship and i just like every art form like man we gotta learn that lesson mm. because the line is blurred way too often mm. yeah. i think mm. and and the I'm keen to be one day in a church that doesn't have a stage or a platform of any mm. description mm. because it's really confronting, but it's also automatic like demotion of anybody who might be leading, you know, the service or like, you know, you don't feel like your worship is less valid than somebody else's when you're yep. all standing literally on level ground. Yeah. What can I ask then? What, what kind of, if you're say you're listening to this, you're running a church, you're running a core, you want to you're taking on what you're saying and you're like, I want to encourage people in my local context that have the passion that you have. How do you think they can do it? What's like the first practical step around that? How how can we how can yeah. we go about changing this? How how do we go about casting that vision? I you might not know, but yeah. I I knew that'd be a difficult question. I wasn't ready for it. Um, I think from a leadership perspective or from, a, you know, people who do have that, um, that handle over culture, I suppose, like in mm. their, their church, yep. worship leaders, any kind of, particularly in that worship realm, I think it's just so important to 
to have a home freedom. Like, yeah. and to also to talk about the passages in the Bible where they talk about dance. Because it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think being open and just knowing that it's not something you have to freak out about. Mm. But unfortunately, the, the issue with it is that you do have to resource people um, because there are so many holes that people can fall into. And I fell in every single one of them, I think. Um, because I didn't have, I didn't have any resources and I didn't have any direction and I didn't have, you know, I had encouragement, which is like half the battle, but I didn't know what I was doing. The unfortunate reality is that it is one of those things that because it's so individual and like, this is no disrespect to the musicians out there because I know what they do is, I live for what they do quite literally can't do my job without you. Um, like dance doesn't come off a chart a lot yeah. of the time, especially yep. worship dance. Like it doesn't look the same from person to person. So yeah. there is a lot of, you just kind of got to give it a go. Like yeah. there's no blueprint for what you should do. And that's the best part. Like it's the most terrifying part. And it's also the best part because it means what is produced is just, like is spirit led and that's the, yeah. that's the goal um conversely instead of talking to the non-dancers out there i'm going to talk to the dancers instead and say it's your job to explore mm-hmm. and yeah. sometimes the best and the safest place to do that is in your bedroom and it's really weird and intimidating at first it is like especially mm-hmm. you know if you think you might be in that realm but you're not sure because all you've done so far is you know formal dancing classes that can be a really scary time. Um, but, yeah, just just give support, I think, mm. and give yeah. affirmation because it is biblical and that's always been the big, like, that's the yeah. big downfall yeah. of the arts in general. Um, you know, there's places that don't sing and there's places that if you dance, they'd be like, exorcism time, you know. And <laughs> so it is really important that we we find that biblical base and we go from there. And I guess like two dancers out there or people who don't call themselves a dancer, but you know, like to bust a move as Pip says, or, you know, just have some movement. Like we just want to validate you. We want to validate your art form as, and this is a form of worship and we recognize it and we value what we, you do. And we say it is important. It is important to Jesus. It is important to the Salvation Army. um, And it's important to faith, like generally. And so I guess, yeah, I just want to say really clearly out there, we see you, we see what you do uh, and it's important and it has a place in our church. Yeah. Just well put, Shush. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I I don't know, something you were talking about, Pip, um, in terms of, like, it is a culture change, really, right? This, yeah. like, freedom in worship. Some places have it. Some places it looks different. You know, it's all over. But I guess, no surprise, Shush is coming back to prayer again. But, like, we want to pray this through. Like, if you're a dancer, yeah. like, essentially what you felt, like, led by Pip, like, Jesus giving you the power back, like, Prayer is just communication with God. Like you want to be praying that through even in your bedroom and as leaders, like I think we should be praying for this culture of freedom, this culture of 
freedom of expression in worship, whatever that is. And I think mm. that's always a great place to start. You know, when you go, I want, I want this and I want to give people permission and I want, you know, dancers to be able to do their thing and artists to do their thing and, th- you know, everyone. Uh, but you don't know where to start. I, I'm, you know, no surprise for me or anyone who knows me, but I just always come back to prayer and be like, yeah. start there rely on God from the beginning because this is all about him um, and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Yeah. Mm. Shush, I can't, I can't echo that enough just because I have really enjoyed this year um, just because of some of the ministry stuff we've got to do with Equip um, has just opened my eyes to the prayers that have been answered that I didn't know were being answered. Um, Mm. So the angry prayers of like six years ago, me who was like, there's no, like me like I was one of four leaders in dance in a team this year living out like dreams that I genuinely didn't think would ever happen yeah like and knowing that it like they're not all like me they're all different and they all have incredible giftings in different genres and in different um settings I'm gonna do it shout out to Tegan in Brisbane who's doing the most incredible like community dance stuff and has built this amazing program because she's really good at like fun upbeat awesome interesting cory and they do performances at church and they perform in the community and like that's incredible such a good mm. outreach um but also shout out to Haley paul in canberra who, <laughs> who we also love who i think is also exploring you know th- this worship stuff and does beautiful lyrical pieces and um yeah i i think as much as you know, this this is like down the track 10 years, 15 years from now. I hope that people can appreciate that dance is diverse, as diverse as music and as yeah. diverse as every other art form. You know, we paint in watercolours, we paint in oils, we paint in, sorry, visual artists, um, that was a bad metaphor to go down, but <laughs> like we, we are incredibly diverse and mm. that is the beauty of God's creation in every yeah. facet of life. So, yeah, I like just to look around and to see those people for me are answered prayer. Like, they, they probably don't know that, and that might be a weird thing to hear, but um, seeing, seeing that God has is also planting seeds literally all over the country, mm. um, and that it is coming up, and that other people are being loud about it, and they are being useful in their communities, and they are, you know giving their art form to God, like, that is unbelievable to me. I think the day I figured that out, I just cried. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't believe that my petulant prayers of five years ago where I was basically just throwing a tantrum, being like, I'm so lonely and I don't know what I'm doing, um, have become this, this community that is, is growing and is, is making more noise and is gaining more validity. On that... Kind of, you touched on it just um, briefly. What are your hopes and dreams for dance ministry in the Salvation Army in Australia in the future? Like, what would you love? To, I mean, this is a big question, and you don't have to cover everything, but I guess a couple of key points, maybe. Like, what would you love to see happen? I think, yeah, like I always just keep coming back to that that diversity and that that understanding and that you know everybody's form of worship is biblically valid. Um, but I think 
my hope here we go is that the general like the generations of those kids that um were watching grow up with a different understanding of what dance is than their parents mm. or like people in my generation can i ask one more thing of course no we kind of skipped over it shush but i really want to ask it okay go back go for it um like dancing's your life secularly as well as in the church how do you carry the worship-centred dance into a secular environment. Like I'm thinking if someone's listening that wants to take dance as a job, how how can you guide them between church and secularly and how that kind of works, I guess? Like yeah, can you just touch on that? Because I yeah. think that's really important as well. Yeah, I very much agree. Um, but it's a, it's a work in progress, I think, for me. Yep. to be figuring that out. I was, I was mm. reading a book the other day, like somebody's toilet book, you know, when you're just like, oh, there's a book here. Like, <laughs> um, you probably didn't need to know that, but here we are. Anyway, I was reading this book that um, was talking about um, the idea of work as, as ministry and ministry as work and that, you know, those two things are very much integrated. So basically, like, if you have a job of any kind, you have a ministry. Yeah. Because... Mm. God was a worker and God is also a minister. And, you know, so that relationship and that understanding for me, I think probably like solidified oh, three or four years ago. Cause I, I was sort of frustrated cause you hear about, um, you know, people in ministry that get like in ministry church jobs that get to do all this cool stuff and have all these cool conversations and, um, those kinds of things with people and I was annoyed <laughs> that I didn't get to do that work and I was like how can I like talk about Jesus in my very secular five-year-old ballet class <laughs> like and I was trying to find these inroads that truthfully for me are not there like they might be for somebody and I pray they are yeah. um but I think the the most simple way I can put it is just being the Christ in wherever you are yep like yeah. Being as much like Jesus as you can in front of a bunch of people that have no idea that that's your goal. Like, mm. actually, weirdly for me, in teaching, the ministry almost has very little to do with dance. I hope my boss doesn't hear that, but um, the ministry has, has to do with giving kids tools to be confident and giving kids mm. validation and, you know, like... Arts 101, there are so many problems in our industry. Like, and dance has mountains of them, you know, body image and, like, yeah. racism and all this stuff. Mm. But I think it's so important that those kids know that, that their art form is valid and that their desire to do this is valid and they are welcome here. And, you know, it's basically like lifting and plonking all of the Christian principles into whatever you do, mm. I think is what what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Can I bring something up to add to this that you actually said earlier, like way back, but you said um, you had the realisation that you're a child of God first and then a dancer. And so I think when we're talking about being a Christian in a secular industry, like, and you said, you know, just be, a, like, just be yourself, be a Christian in that, like, I guess that's a clear priority that you need to have in your life, that you're a child yep. of God first and then a yep. dancer. Um, yep. And I guess that'll probably, that mentality and belief will probably really help 
uh, I assume, <laughs> in the industry as you go when you go, firstly, I'm a child of God. That changes. That that never changes, I mean. And then a dancer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Just to add that in. Yeah, it's not easy, but it, it's definitely... Oh, I'm so sorry. I know I've talked endlessly, but can I just tell you one story that's my favourite teaching story? <laughs> All right. Go. I promise it's not about a kid wearing their pants. Um, <laughs> I had a really... This is, this is kind of like the story I, I tell people when I'm, I am trying to explain how Jesus fits at work um, and how Jesus fits with the kids and with teaching and stuff. Um, I was teaching a class in my first year at my current studio that had, um, it was a bunch of like 14-year-old girls who just worked at this level of emotional intensity that was off the charts and none of them liked each other and it was just like horrendous and it was at eight o'clock on a Friday night and like you know just kind of the nightmare scenario um and I had sort of soldiered on with this class for a few weeks and like they were at the point where their their attitude had made another teacher that I worked with cry and I would leave you know the studio and cry because they just it felt like you were under attack for an hour and a half from a bunch of kids that you were like I have said I have done nothing but try to help you why are you responding in this way mm. right and it was just awful <laughs> um so I kind of flipped the table one week and was like stop this I'm going to work early because I need to pray and I need to walk around the studio and just kind of do the like spatial recognition of God's presence and pray for peace and all that kind of stuff and I did it and from my perspective I don't even have enough words to express how thankful I am for that lesson because it was so much better. It was so, like, not mellow, but, like, calm. And I felt that there was mutual respect and, you know, all this stuff that had been missing. And then my favourite part was that... Because I walked out like, wee, yay! Like, you know, there was the moment of, I'm a great teacher. And then I was like, oh, wait, I prayed for peace. And that was Jesus. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Praise the Lord. Um, and then the next day the, the kids were hanging out in the kitchen and one of them was like, Oh, what, like, what did I miss in Miss Pip's class last night? And one of them was turned around and said to me, you know, Miss Pip, that was, that was a really good class last night. It was like really peaceful. What? And I I was like, cool. Just got backhanded by the spirit. That's fine. Be cool. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) I thought so too. And, like, went into the bathroom and did, like, a crazy ecstatic, like, (laughs) And I think, I don't know. I'm one of those people who, for some reason, after seven years, is still surprised when your prayers get answered so directly and so, like, we lifted the word out of the prayer and we put it in the mouth of the child that you were praying about. Like, just bizarre and so, so good. Yeah. That's a great story. I love that. Um, hey, should we do some honouring? Sure, sure, sure. We do a little segment where we just give a bit of honour to you. And I, I don't really know you that well. I know your name, and I've seen you on a Zoom like once or twice before. But I just want to honour you for your bravery, your persistence, yeah. for the prayers of you know, yourself five, six years ago, those desperate prayers that you were saying. I want to honour you for that because I think yes. you touched on it, but that is so important. I can't 
I've never been in the situation where I've had to dance in front of every single person in at the front and feel, you know, that that not embarrassment, but you know, like feel the push to have to do it, even though you don't really want to. And I want to honor you for that. I think that that is awesome. It shows a lot about where your heart is, uh, that your eyes are on Jesus. And I think that that's really important. And I think that the dance space needs it and is in good hands uh, with you doing what you're doing. And and that's coming from someone who does really no dance, but I know that if I did dance, I would look up to you very high with high regard and get behind you in exactly what you're doing. So I just want to honour you. I want to say keep going, keep showing that bravery. You said you're old and you're 25. That's ridiculous. <laughs> keep going for another 50 years. So, um, yeah, it's been an honour to listen to you talk about this stuff because you can see your passion and I loved it. So that's my little honour bit. 100%. I was going to say the same thing, Dan, in the sense of like, Thank you for praying those angry prayers five, six, seven years ago. Like, thank you, because we are seeing fruit of those prayers today. And I look at the dance uh, scene in the church in Australia and I see there is movement. I see the ball is starting to roll and it excites me so much. And mm. I know it's because of people like you and people who came before you as well. Yeah. Um, and people who were, I don't even know who are doing amazing things that God has placed. This is part of God's plan. Uh, and I know that you're just one person in a whole scheme of things, but I want to thank Thank you for the part you are playing, the part you have played, the part you are playing and the part you will continue to play because it is vital. And I I just love your passion. I mean, I love you generally, Pip, but like your passion for it, the way you just dedicate so much um, of your life and your ministry to dance. It's just wonderful. And yeah, I just want to honor everything you do because it's so great. And having you on this podcast to really have yeah. quite open discussions, discussions people might have been afraid to have, um, mm. stuff people have been like, oh, dance is kind of cool, but it's kind of weird. And I don't really know. <laughs> like, thank you for having these conversations with us here and now so that yep. we can have, we can open the discussion up um, and hopefully see more dances, I'm going to say it, released uh, into their thing. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we love you and we want to honour you and say thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and for asking the question because this is a, a conversation that unfortunately only people who are very close to me have been barraged with for the last <laughs> five years. So it's, it's nice to know that people are listening because they want to, not because they have to and because they're in a confined space with me. So, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate the space and I, I, hope, I hope you find more people like me. I hope you find people smarter than me. That would be really cool. So, <laughs> Let's call it a day. Let's call it a day. We'll let you go back to your life, Pip. But thank <laughs> you so much, much for guys. coming on. Uh, we'll call on you again at some point, I'm sure. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs>